Megan, I have been using our sponsor Element, that's L-M-N-T, to boost my hydration for over a month now, and I'm really loving it. I'm just not very good at drinking plain water, and I love the taste when I pop one of these little packets, I like orange or grapefruit, into a big bottle of water. It's kind of fruity and salty, and it just helps me hydrate better overall. Element is a zero-sugar electrolyte drink mix born from the growing body of research that shows the best health outcomes occur with higher sodium levels. Each little pack delivers a significant dose of electrolytes, but minus sugar, artificial colors, and other iffy ingredients. Element's flavors are so unique, like fruity watermelon salt and spicy sweet mango chili. And we're going to set our listeners up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite. Right. You can receive a free Element sample pack containing eight flavors with any drink mix purchase when you purchase through our custom link, drinkelement.com slash momhour. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and is available for both new and returning customers. And if you're an Element Insider, you'll have first access to Element Sparkling, a bold can of sparkling electrolyte water. Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash momhour. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Megan. We're two moms with eight kids between us, from little to grown. We're in different areas of the country and in different stages of life. But we both know that motherhood's a lot easier when real moms share tips and encouragement. And remind you that it's really all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 218 of the Mom Hour. I'm Sarah Powers here, as always, with Megan Francis. Hey, Megan. Hey, Sarah. Ooh, we've got a big topic today. Sure do. It even has a fancy name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everything has a fancy name these days. Everything has a fancy name. I know. So a listener of ours named Stephanie sent in this topic request a while ago, and I had to admit I have not, I wasn't familiar with the term sharenting. Were you? Oh, well, when I heard it, I totally thought it was going to be about co-parenting, like parenting with an ex right. or like a, you know, ex-partner or something like I, I mean, it makes sense, more sense to me, but hey, I'm not the one that came up with the branding. Okay. No, no. So we're yeah. sticking with the word sharenting. I looked it up. It sounds like it's been around since about 2016. So I guess we have been a little bit living under rocks. I guess. But here we go. Sharenting <laughs> refers to kind of this problematic situation we live in with oversharing about our kids online. And we're going to get into what defines sharing versus oversharing for us personally, because I think it's very personal and subjective. But um, sharenting is the label given to parents who are sharing so much about their kids online, either pictures or information that it potentially gets into tricky privacy or consent or permission issues and a whole bunch of other stuff. So that's the big picture of what we're talking about today, which is a big topic. It is a very big topic. And I'm hoping like this is something that for me, well, first of all, I think it's hilarious. Just last week, we did a whole episode about, um, you know, with the pictures that we've shared of our kids yeah. over the years. And we make our living sharing about our kids. So this yeah. is something that we've had to like evolve with. And yeah. there's really little judgment here. I mean, I think that certainly there's always things I look around and go, oh, oof. like there's always those moments where you're like, oh, maybe someone shouldn't have shared that. But like, I know there's probably people who look at me and go, I can't believe you talk about your kids um, twice a week sometimes on a podcast. Yeah. 
for money. So, you know, it's all relative, right? It is. And I'm glad you brought that up because anytime we take on something that's a potentially a potentially loaded topic that people feel strongly about, we just want you guys to know we're going to share what has worked for us over the years. Also keeping in mind our kids are older now and technology has changed. So some of yeah. that is like it, it doesn't even apply anymore, but we'll share what has worked for us and how we make the decisions we do about what we share about our kids online. That doesn't mean it's the only way or the right way. So there are going to be exactly. those of you out there listening who are much more buttoned down and there are going to be people out there probably who are more loosey goosey than we are. And we, we welcome you all. So this is an yes. inclusive, non-judgmental conversation and we have a lot to get to. So let's take a quick break. Megan, the end of the school year and kickoff to summer is a busy time of the year for families, but we can all eat stress-free and hit our wellness goals with ready to eat meals from our sponsor factor. Factor's delicious meals are never frozen and can be ready to eat in just two minutes. You can pick from a weekly menu of 35 options, including popular choices like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Plus, they have more than 60 add-ons like breakfast, lunch, snacks, and beverages to keep you fueled all day long. So our team was comparing notes recently on our favorite Factor meals, and Katie loved the herb-crusted chicken with mashed cauliflower and toasted almond green beans. I loved that one, too. And get this, so did her little boy, Charlie. She heated it up for lunch one day, and Charlie, who's three, ate almost all of the green beans. I mean, that's quite an endorsement, right? I was going to say, what a parenting win. (laughs) And I get it, Charlie. Those green beans are crazy good. And if you really want to treat yourself, they even have meals with filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus. Listeners, head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code momhour5050 at factormeals.com slash momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Okay, Megan. Well, over here at the Mom Hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, Our Place. In fact, you, me, and our team member, Katie, were all comparing notes on our favorite product. Katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house, she cannot put that mini perfect pot from Our Place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night. Well, as someone who also has a perfect pot, I got mine as part of their mini home cook duo set. I get it. It's nonstick, which is key, but it also has all these handy features like a steam release lid with a built-in strainer and this nice beechwood spoon that nests on the handle in this perfect little peg. Okay, well, I didn't get this pot, but now I want it. That sounds so great. Our Place's cookware is great to cook with, beautiful to look at, and healthier for us as well. All of Our Place's products are made without PFAS, also known as Forever Chemicals. In addition to their cookware and tableware, Our Place is also making waves with their Wonder Oven, the most stylish all-in-one air fryer and toaster oven. Again, free from the Forever Chemicals found in many of those air fryers. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's fromourplace.com, code MOMHOUR. Okay, so when we talk about sharenting, just that word is so silly. <laughs> it sounds like a name, like, hey, Sharon. Like, yeah. Want a ting? Um, <laughs> there are two main issues that we, we tend to hear, you know, talked about, and they sometimes go together 
And sometimes one is conflated for the other. But it's like, on the one hand, you've got actual security concerns. Like Mm -hmm. you're worried that, you know, you're going to post a picture of your kids on Instagram and they're going to have a stalker or someone might scrape their personal information, like their birth date and use it for some nefarious purpose. So there's that. And then on the other side, there's just kind of this more general idea that your kids are human beings that have a right to, you know, have an opinion about what is out there about them and and what kind of digital digital footprint they want to have, especially now that those just stick around forever. It's not Mm -hmm. the same as it even was 20 years ago. I was online when Jacob was a baby, but like I could post stuff about him and it doesn't exist anywhere anymore. Um, At least not with his name or even my name attached. Everything was very anonymous then. So things have really changed and, um, and they're two very specific issues. So let's talk about both of those. Yeah. Well, um, they are both something that I have thought about and think about. I'm going to start with the um, privacy, data protection, and like actual safety, like, you know, a harm abduction stalkers. I find that terrifying. First of all, if I let my mind go there, um, that potentially someone could find my family that way. I mean, through this podcast or through Mm -hmm. online sharing, that is a very scary thought. I'm just going to throw that out there. And, and I am someone who can really take, um, a fear or an anxiety and kind of run with it. What I have chosen is to see that as a, a rare, a rare threat, just like, an airplane crash is a rare yeah. threat, horrible to think about, but rare. And then I've chosen to sort of like take my, what, what makes sense to me in terms of safety precautions. And I will mention a couple specific ones and just choose to decide that I am doing the best that I can and protecting my kids the best I can from those very rare and extreme cases of abduction, stalking, things like that, and then not worry about it anymore. So that's like, yeah. <laughs> that might totally sound like I have blinders on, but the couple safety things um, I did want to mention is my Instagram is public and that's something I have thought about all of this. I think, I don't think you and I like feel a hundred percent confident in all of this. I think we're still figuring it out, but my Instagram is public. Um, I don't ever put locations. I've always had locations off. I never post the, where you can put where we are in the location. I think if I had a private Instagram, I would use that. It's fun sometimes to say you're at this beach or that place, but I don't. So I don't put locations. Um, on most of my phones, I've had actually location services completely turned off for photos. I should check if I still do, but I know for a while that was something they were recommending and I did that so that no photo was geotagging anywhere. Um, I don't mention their school or show them in their school uniforms. That's just one thing that feels like an, I don't know, like an advertisement of where they spend like 40 hours a week. So I don't do that. And that's a bummer because actually I I love our school community and there've been times where I've wanted to kind of support them on social or tag someone and I don't. So I, I don't make it clear where they go to school. I don't mention what town we live in. And I don't mention them by name a whole lot, but that's not, that's not a hundred percent. I just don't make it a regular thing. My husband um, has a private Instagram and he will do all of the things that I mentioned. So for me, that's a very like, is it public or private? So that's one thing that I have done. I don't know. How about you on the, on the actual safety stuff? So, uh, not much. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to back up a little bit because yeah. I think the re- the way I kind of came to that was by having this experience of going from writing about my kids in print and then moving into blogging and then into social and just like kind of where I was at the beginning of all that and where I am now. Um, I do use geotagging, but I rarely, rarely actually post something in real time. I almost always Instagram uh-huh. later. Yeah. So that's not been something that's really bothered me. I do post my kids where they go to school, but we live in a town with 
three elementary schools and it would not take even five minutes yeah. of research to figure out. Yeah. I think, and I'll back up to, to how I got to this, but I yeah. think the place I've landed is that if someone wants to do you harm yeah. and they're willing to put in even a minor amount of effort, they, they're going to figure it out. Yeah. Right. I so agree. my, so my, the way I set up kind of our social online social life is just to not make us very intriguing. Like <laughs> I just, I, I don't really know exactly know how to put that, but when going back to, I, I wrote a parenting column um, from 2004 through 2000, I, I was still doing it when Clara was born. So many years. And for many years it was local. I lived in the town where uh -huh. my parenting column ran in the paper every week. And I, I very, I made a very clear choice. I wasn't blogging a lot back then. So this was really my essay outlet, right? My yeah. personal outlet. Um, I made a choice to write under my maiden name so that my kids would be under a different last name. And there, so there was at least that small layer of separation. Uh -huh. I've never regretted that. It's still the case. I don't have the same last name as my kids. And mm -hmm. I, that does give me some, I guess, sense of relief or, yeah. or just a feeling of like, it's just a little harder. You'd have yeah. to work a little harder. I, to I totally know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. So, but what I realized was even when my picture, I had this enormous picture of my face <laughs> on this newspaper column. I wrote about my kids by first name. Nobody, you know, the last name, not people in my community read it. And I lived in a small town, but nobody made the connection. Like people didn't <laughs> realize they were my kids. People would see me out and about, and they would know me by my first name. And maybe they'd finally figure out that I was a writer and that I had this column, but like, they just, people did not connect the dots. And I think most of the time people don't connect the dots unless they're really motivated to do so. Right. So, I mean, every one of us is vulnerable mm -hmm. just because we live in this world and we're walking around and there are people out there and we're not walking around wrapped up in, in steel. We're, yeah. we're vulnerable human beings and we're out there. What I have noticed, and then when I really started to pay attention and as I was getting into blogging, I really had a close eye on how this was playing out, is the people that really tended to attract crazies mm -hmm. were the people who gave crazies something to hook onto. That's just like, people felt that they knew them a little too much. They mm. knew their kids a little too much. People would start getting, I would read these forums sometimes where people would be really weird about having like sightings of people's kids. And I think it was because we live in a place where we live in a celebrity culture. Yeah. And people were turning their kids into celebrities. So mm. I just didn't do that. Yeah. Like I, even when I was blogging, people would tell me they didn't know my kids' names who read my blog. Like mm -hmm. I would talk about my kids, but they weren't the stars of the blog so much. Yeah. They were like examples. They could be your children. They could be anyone's children. They were just kind of kids who were used to set up a concept about motherhood. Well, and you were writing about motherhood and, and at its core, this podcast is about motherhood. So we are figuring out how to sh talk about the motherhood experience yeah. without making the kids, the stars or the center. So I think that's, yeah. I think that's really interesting, but a lot of yeah. what you said is very much the way I feel, which is reasonable amount of precautions. And those precautions might look different for me than for you, but just little things that make it feel like not stupid. Right. Um, and then after that, a, a kind of basic trust, a kind of yeah, like, exactly. like everything else, when you get on in a car and put your seatbelt on, everything involves an element of like hoping the worst doesn't happen. And I think this is no different. So that's kind of how I've made I've made peace with it, but there's, there's definitely, I have definitely second guessed myself at different times over, yeah. over the years. Um, so what, well, and, and one other thing I want to say quickly about, yeah. about people who do have those like internet stalkers is often those stalkers will make themselves known. And so if you have someone who's always leaving comments that are a little too personal or a little too weird, like that's when I think it would start tripping my radar 
But otherwise, I just think there's just a bunch of people out there who are reading or listening and, and are good people yep. and benign and not out to hurt us. Oh, I wanted to mention one other thing when you said that, because I my Instagram is public, but I decline and block a ton. So I, mm-hmm. when, when I, when someone follows me, it's almost like I look at it like a request. It isn't a request. It's anyone can follow me, but then I will, I will block, uh, freely if it's not someone yeah. that I know or that I think is a listener. Um, and it's mostly, yep. our, it's mostly podcast listeners who come over or, or people I know. So again, it's not the, it is not the most locked down, but it's not the least locked down either. Exactly. So. Well, so we talked about, so that's the security side, right? Yeah. So what about for you? What about privacy? What about your kids having an opinion and getting a say? And has that changed? Okay, well, it's definitely changed. And I think we're going to get into that in more detail. My, if you're new around here, my kids are six, nine and 11. I just had to figure out how old they were for a second. Six, nine and 11. So big difference in terms of their, like where they are in the digital world. But before I talk about how much it's changed, I'm going to say something maybe controversial. And that is that I think privacy is largely dead. Mm -hmm. and and. I think we're going to move into this like post privacy era and develop healthy ways to uh, handle that with our kids. I almost think that there was like this free for all that's kind of coming to an end. In fact, I read an article in the Atlantic that was really interesting that looked at this, this sharenting thing as not the new normal, but actually like a fad or a phase that already is kind of the pendulum's already kind of swinging back in the other direction. And that our kids will be like, why did you share so much with the, internet online. So on the one hand, I think actually keeping your kid's digital footprint non-existent or limited is so close to impossible that it's not even something I'm interested in trying to do. Uh, On the other hand, I think there's a lot of opportunity now for kids to just understand that this is the world that they are growing up in and how to be smart about that. So I don't feel like it's my job to make sure there are no pictures of my kids on the internet or that there are no stories on this podcast that could be, you know, like a little cringy for them at some point. It's something I'm aware of and that I'm intentional about, but I don't know that I feel like it's my job to, I don't know, to prevent that footprint from being a thing. It is going to be a thing. That's, that's it, yeah. my opinion. So I, I a hundred percent agree. Um, I think that especially when things started to go from anonymous online to, to public and attached to a name, there was this sort of panic and like people like really doubling down on this idea of internet privacy. And I remember looking and at the time I made my living well, I still do, but I made my living from a public, you know, from being public facing. Right. Yeah. And I also just did not have time to worry about it. Like I literally looked at my life with five little kids and it might've even been a little bit before Clara was born. So maybe it was kind of starting when Facebook was getting bigger And I thought, you know what? I'm just making a choice. And I made everything public. And then I was just super careful about Mm -hmm. what I put out there. So to me, it's never been about locking down my public persona. Everything that I put online is public. Pretty much anything I write, I do very little private Mm -hmm. anything online. I just, I just keep some things for at home inside four walls. You know what I mean? Like there's just, it just, I'm just careful about what I put out there. And that's something you sometimes have to craft. If you're like, if you're used to being able to just go in a private forum and let everything fly and say whatever, then it is an adjustment and it can feel like a violation, but it's what it's, it's just the real world. It's what we live with. And I'd rather deal with reality and not like try to keep my kids all locked down and be mad every time someone posts a picture of them. And I totally understand why, like, I will respect that any old day from someone else. And we'll get into that later. But like, for me, it's just, as we say, not a hill I 
can die on. I can't care about that. Yeah. No, I, I feel a lot of the same way. And I, I feel like this cowboy era that is, I believe is sort of shifting now, uh, probably the people that hurt the most are probably the people who are like, gosh, 25 now. Yep. And we're 15, yes. 10 years ago when, um, employers. So the, the classic thing you always hear about this is, do you want a f- potential employer seeing a picture of your kid playing in the kiddie pool out back with no pants on or something. I mean, that's, I just just made that up, but these are the types of things. And I do think there was probably a window where the lines of what was appropriate to share and the lines of where you could get information about people online were so like new and it was so chaotic that there are, there were probably some scenarios where adult, young adults were having to face videos and stuff of themselves. But it's interesting that even like Snapchat and Instagram have stories now that disappear within 24 hours. Mm -hmm. And yes, yes, I know that like nothing is ever truly gone. Like I know that that's true, but what's also true, I think is even what the assumptions employers are making about what their 22 year old hires got up to. We, we all assume there are embarrassing videos like, well, right. I mean, like, come on, like it's one thing to, if you're a potential employer to not like that someone went off on a racist rant on their Twitter or their like, no one uses Twitter anymore, but like, you know what I mean? Like on their Snapchat or, or whatever, Instagram, it's another thing if they have a video of themselves being silly or being children for goodness yeah. sakes. I mean, everybody was a child. Right. It's a human condition. So right. it's, I, I do think for me, when I think about like people in that age range and how I feel bad for them, yeah. it's more because they didn't yet have the filter and ability yes. to censor themselves. Right. And unfortunately that became part of the human, their canon. As, exactly. If you will. Exactly. You know, and that's unfortunate. I think <laughs> the kids that are like my entering middle schooler and, and let me like, let me kind of flip flop on what I just said. Cause I made it sound like it's no big deal. Everyone has embarrassing videos out there. I don't think that's actually what I meant. What I meant was what you said, which is kids now are much more educated. We're more educated as parents and it's not about limiting the digital footprint. It's about making sure that we go in knowing that this is a thing and, and making good choices. And when we don't make good choices, treat it like any other thing that we, that a kid didn't make good choices about. I think there was this free for all period where no one even understood the consequences. And I, I think now we understand the consequences. So it's, yeah. it's not that it's not that I don't, I'm not concerned about my kid's digital footprint, but I do feel more prepared to help them navigate that than 10 years ago, which I think would have been a hard time. Yeah. Agreed. So what's interesting for you now, I mean, I'm just getting into this, but you, your kids are a lot older and and they've been kind of the center of this public persona you've created. Do they have, okay, well, there's two, two sides of this question. Do they have opinions about what you share now? But I'm really curious if the older ones have any opinions about that kind of what, what's, what was written about them, you know, five, six, seven, eight years ago. Yeah. So it's interesting. So on the one hand, my kids are pretty social media savvy, savvy, and it has led to some readjustments that I've made. Um, part of it's just, they're getting older. Part of it is they're very concerned about how they appear in social media, which I don't think is a bad thing. I think it's a good thing. So for example, Owen is completely disgusted by the fact that I used to take pictures of him sleeping (laughs) and he will say to other women, like, you're a mom. Do you take pictures of your kids sleeping and post them on the internet? Because my mom has been doing that for a long time. So like, that's a hang up for him. I kind of love that. He's judgy about it though. Like (laughs) may we all be given these kids who keep us in check. I know. And I'm like, it's the most benign thing. And you're so cute. Like I said, Oh, and you're just so adorable when you sleep. And I, and he's like, do you still sneak in my room and take pictures of me sleeping? Cause I think that's weird. And I said, yes, sometimes I do. Um, typically don't sneak into his room, but if he happens to fall asleep someplace, he's a beautiful child. And I take pictures of him. Um, so 
He did ask me to go scrub a bunch of pictures off my Instagram. Okay. Because now he tags me and stuff and I tag him and stuff. And I think a kid in his class saw a picture on my Instagram and then said something about it to him. And so now he and he doesn't make me like have him approve every single photo, but like sleeping is one that he just cannot. It's a no go. It's a no go. There's a few he allowed me to keep because I guess he must have thought they were cute enough and they were probably old enough that he was fine with them. Clara has asked to approve photos that go on Instagram from like the time she was six. I think she just like we talked about in the other episode. um, She's a very photographed child and she knew that I was typically going to share stuff. And she's like, can I just take a look at that? And sometimes she'd say, oh, I don't like that one as much. So I'd like, you know, she would give me the the go ahead. But overall, I think the kids have always thought it was pretty cool that I have this online presence about being a mom. And so when they were younger, like they would happily take part in stage photos. Like we would do recipes and stuff and they would have to be in the picture. They would, they did that happily. And now they love trying out sponsor products. I love having a say in that. Like they like having an opinion about sponsor stuff that we get in the mail. And like, they've really never minded being talked about or written about. And I don't know if that's just because to that, there's so much more visual kids. I think the way they tend to share, at least my kids, it's pictures. Mm -hmm. So they don't really care what I'm saying about them. I'm never saying anything mean. I'm, I'm always trying to be positive about them and, you know, like if we complain, it's like with love and humor and we're not really like, it's all stuff I would say to them or in front of them to my friends or whatever. Um, they're just more protective of photos. Yeah. And I just think that's understand like teens and especially preteens and teens are image conscious. They want to look really good. And so that's the one thing they've kind of been like a little, I'm not even going to say a lot, just a little bit more protective of. Well, I kind of love it. Like I actually love that Owen went to you and requested that you scrub stuff because that's a very like when you posted those pictures, it may not have been or felt inappropriate, but that's the whole thing about a digital footprint is like five years later, he feels cringy about it and he could go and ask you to take it down. And you did. I think it's actually like a really kind of healthy example of how this evolves and how whatever boundaries and rules we set for ourselves today may need to be revisited anyway, because the technology changes and we don't always know what our kids are going to feel like. So, um, I'll just offer a couple of things. Violet, like Clara has been like, since she was probably four opinionated about what gets posted. And she has also asked me to take down one or two pictures. I don't post anything with nudity ever, but I did one time take the funniest nap picture. She fell asleep standing up and she was wearing a t-shirt and undies and she was four. So it was very innocent. And I'm pretty careful about that. She was horrified. She's very modest. So she has an opinion. The older kids have an opinion. And I would say in general, I ask them or when I ask to take their picture, um, I say, I'll say, I won't post anything or I'll say, are you guys okay if I post this? And when you, when you listen to experts on this, it is one of the first things they will tell you is that just get in the habit of two things. One, letting kids know that a photo posted online could get screenshotted, shared, like once it's out there, it's out there. And I think it's really good for kids to know that. And, and two, to get in the habit of checking in with them or asking their permission. I've heard as young as I've heard, I've heard experts say you should start doing this when they're really, really little. And then I think realistically for me, it was more like eight or nine where it felt just felt like they had a little bit more of an opinion and like they cared, like they cared. <laughs> knew what you were talking like about. They yeah. cared. Another thing I think that's really interesting to do with kids of that, uh, 
elementary school before they have their own phones, but when they're starting to get interested is let them scroll an Instagram feed. If it's not your own and you don't feel comfortable about that, maybe it's another mom or somebody they know. And, and they are very opinionated about what people post. It's so funny. They'll say like, why would you post that? Or like that (laughs) meme isn't funny or, and so it's a really good way to get dialogue going about like, oh yeah, like people are looking at this. My kids, friends, my friends, moms, Mm -hmm. like everybody. And that's not, it's not too, I think it's better to do that younger before they have a phone in their hands to just start it, kind of start that dialogue. So yeah, my kids have opinions and it has, it has definitely changed. And I do ask their permission. Oh, I wanted to say one more thing about when you talked about complaining about our kids Mm -hmm. or you kind of mentioned it. We don't really do that on the podcast very much. Maybe sometimes we throw a kid under the bus and you never did it in your blogging, but that is something I'm very sensitive to. Like when I, when I read moms who are sharing honest gripes about motherhood and we all have them, but for me, that's been something I text to my girlfriends, not put on the internet. Or, and there's other ways, like if it's a gripe, that's a universal. And this might just be going back to me, like as putting on my writer hat, Right. There's a way to talk about an experience and make it universal without calling out your child, sure. like your specific human child. Yeah. And like there, we've danced around stuff like that before. Like there's a kid in my house. I won't say who that yeah. did this thing. Ha ha ha. Like moving on. But there, you read sometimes these rants where like people just rip their kids down. It makes me very uncomfortable. Yeah. Like if we can't be their best cheerleaders, you know. The I world's agree. not going to do it. And it gets into this very muddy space of like, we want to be truthful and authentic about motherhood, but we also don't want to create a, I mean, you, you started your blog, the happiest mom for that reason. Cause people were yeah. creating a, a culture of griping, um, yeah. about something that's largely fulfilling and largely what we want to be doing. And, so. and it can get very personal. I just, mm-hmm. to me, it's a spiral that can really get out of hand. Like you share this story, people relate there's a little, it can become very shaming for kids. Mm-hmm. And, and like, you, if you heard me talk to my kids, like, you know, that I rib my kids, I give my kids a hard time all the time, mm-hmm. but I do that to them around their brothers and sister. Like yeah. I don't go out in public and then make fun of, you know, one of my kids for being stubborn and like, like a story I might share with you right. probably wouldn't make it to the podcast yeah. because it's, it's, it becomes mean. It becomes mean spirited when it becomes cons- like for consumption. Yep. So yeah, if there's not a point to sharing something or if I don't think, if I don't feel like my kid would feel okay about me talking about it, yeah. I, I, I won't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, that brings us to the podcast, right? So you've yeah. actually been a mom podcaster. I feel like longer than you were a mom blogger or about the same. Oh, definitely. And my mom yeah. blogging days was so scattered anyway. I was, sometimes I was writing tips and service pieces. I was never, I never had a thriving personal blog. I yeah. just kind of had essays and things here and there. So I was very much in control of what I shared. Um, so for sure, this has been, there is much more content about my kids and my motherhood experience here on the podcast than there would have ever been publicly elsewhere. Do you feel like it's different? Like, do you, do you handle it differently? Do you feel different about it? I mean, I think I do because I use their names. You guys know my last name. I tell stories about them. Sometimes I talk about ways in which they drive me crazy. And I have definitely thought about what happens when they listen. Now, I feel like what happens when they listen is I feel 92% great about it. Mm -hmm. You know, there are conversations we've had where we've had to be real honest I have one kid in particular that's hard to parent Mm -hmm. and now I I kind of have two actually, but one that's probably had more of a starring role on this podcast. And I don't know that I want that 
consumed by that child in 10 or 20 years as an adult even. Yeah. So I'm just, I don't know. It's new ish. Um, what yeah. I don't, what I do like about podcasting, um, is that it feels very different than a photo that could be taken out of context or, or just totally dug up on, on Google. You'd have to work hard to get to know our kids at a personal yes. level. And those yes. of you who have, we welcome you. I'm glad you guys, sometimes like I'll post a picture and, and a listener will comment and I don't know you personally, but I know, you know, my kids and I, that's like warm fuzzies. I don't feel weird mm-hmm. about that when it's come about in the way of people getting to know us through the podcast, but it's different than a photo to me online. I don't know. I, to- I could not agree more. So I am definitely more open about my kids on the podcast than I ever was in my blog. I use their names. Um, it's not, there's more content like, you know, a, blo- a blog post I might've written could be consumed in five minutes. Yeah. And we talk about for an hour, you yeah. know, and so I think I tell stories with a little less polish, probably mm-hmm. more openness. Um, but like you were saying, and I also don't think it's weird when people know our kids names. There's a very different vibe you get from someone who's truly like crossing the line yeah. and feels a little too close to your family and is like actually like a little too into what you're doing as as just like people who've gotten to know us. Um I feel okay about it. And like, just to give you an example, or just to use your example of the child that you talk about the most, who's difficult to parent (laughs) to me, there is something about the way she's present. I'm assuming we're talking about ultraviolet, the way that she's presented as like almost this little superhero Mm -hmm. of your family story. I don't know that it's like that doesn't, has never bothered me. Everybody's got family lore. Everyone's got the kid who was wild. Everyone's got the kid. It's kind of like Isaac and like how much we talk about what a stinker he was. And then like how, because it's, it's just part of his story. And he thinks his stories are funny. Like when he used to run around the store and hide and swear and yeah. like just do terrible <laughs> things. So I just feel like there's a podcast allows there to be so much storytelling around yeah. it uh-huh. that softens it. Whereas if it's like a meme or yeah. a photo or even like a venting blog post, it just doesn't have the same ability and people could disagree with me and yeah. who knows, I could be naive and out to lunch, but um, I just, I feel like it, it just feels different to me. Yeah. I don't know. I agree. And I I also think just to put a bow on it, I don't think we can totally control what our kids will be embarrassed or judgmental about when they grow up about us, but I can guarantee there will be something. They may actually think it was really cool that we had a podcast for years and years and that their stories are, you know, preserved in this way, but I guarantee we have found some other way to humiliate them or (laughs) to have them think that we messed up. So like, I just choose to like go forward the best I can. And I think about like, if the podcast came on in the car and the kids were listening, I'm, I, I'm happy to have them hear it. And yep. yeah, so I think that's a really good point. We are welcoming back Vionic as a sponsor today. And Sarah, I will be honest. I was sorting through my warmer weather wardrobe the other day and it could seriously use a refresh, but you know, what's good to go. My shoes. I've got a great selection to choose from thanks to the Vionic Vitals collection. And lately the pair I keep putting on again and again is the Uptown Loafer. I have two pairs, one in sand suede and the other in camel leather. But please don't make me pick a favorite. Oh, I won't. I'll let you keep both. That's so funny, Megan, because I was a little jealous of your uptown loafers. I was the last one on our team to get a pair, but I just did. I also got mine in the sand suede, and I think I've worn them like four times this week. They really finish off a cute spring outfit. The Vionic Vitals collection has the best essential styles for everyday wear to get you ready for spring. 
And no matter what shoes you choose, you'll be on the go in comfort because every single pair of Vionic shoes delivers their trademark Viomotion technology for a difference you can feel. Bionic sandals, sneakers, and flats all offer incredible support, stability, and cushioning, and every pair comes with a 30-day risk-free trial, so it's easy to try them out. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at bionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Sarah, our sponsor, Haya Health, makes a kid's daily multivitamin that parents can feel great about giving their kids because they have no added sugars or dyes. And our kids who have tried Haya Vitamins have loved them, which is important, right? Because what good is a bottle of vitamins that your kid won't take? Haya was founded by two dads who didn't like the ingredients label on some of the popular children's vitamins they were seeing on store shelves, so they got to work developing a formula that would help fill the most common nutrient gaps in modern kids' diets. Haya's Chewable Kids Vitamin is made with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables and then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals. They're also vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, and nut-free. Haya manufactures their vitamins right here in the USA with globally sourced ingredients, and then they ship their chewable vitamins directly to your door on a pediatrician-recommended schedule. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H.com slash MomHour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Okay. Um, first, I want to just thank those in our um, Facebook group who kind of chimed in with thoughts and questions. One thing I noticed, and Megan, I don't know if you noticed this as well, but a lot of our listeners are younger than us and their kids are younger than ours. And mm-hmm. something that came across really clear when we asked, like, how's everybody handling this? Like, what's your approach? Something that seemed really consistent was people are really comfortable with privacy settings and not afraid to like lock down their Facebook. They share with the grandparents only. They know how it works. I think that's what's yeah. so great. <laughs> you guys are so smart out there. Like yeah. when I talked about that kind of cowboy era where everything was changing, people didn't even know how to achieve yeah. the balance. And now I think- well, you, uh, And your easier. grandma still won't. No, the grandparents- <laughs> Nor will your parents, nor will your older aunt. Like it's, yes. So. Yes. And so you guys, this generation of moms, the comments one after the other was like, yep, I keep my, and everybody had a different approach, but it was approach they felt- good about. And I, that was like, that felt really good. So we did get a couple of questions and one involves, this is a really good question. When, um, other people are sharing photos that your kid is in and, and I'll just provide the flip side. Like when you want to share a photo and other people's kids are in, do you have like a personal, like what's your personal barometer about this, Megan? So I'm totally fine with people sharing photos of my kids. I mean, it's never been a problem. I've never had someone share a picture of my kid and thought, wow, I really wish they hadn't shared that. Um, I have heard stories about, for example, like somebody local posted an Instagram photo of like a preteen slumber party and then hashtagged it like sexy ladies or something. Oh my. So like her daughter and like six of her (gasps) friends, um, that made a, had a little bit of kerfuffle. So I am aware that something like that could happen and I just keep an eye on it. it. So far it's been like, I snapped this picture of your kid at the baseball game and, you know, posted it on Facebook. I don't, that doesn't bother me. That said, I really try to be respectful of other people's comfort levels. Like people do put a lot of effort and thought into their approach to all this stuff. And who am I to say that mine is right or that theirs is wrong or whatever. So 
if I haven't given been given like express permission. So usually typically this would be a friend of mine who I know is okay with it. Yeah. Or if someone's like signed a release, like the plays I direct, yeah. like I'm not going to share it. I just wouldn't do that. Um, but like, as long as my photos can't be somehow traced to my actual children and don't put them in a compromising position, I don't care, but it's just not, I just, I just look at it like anything else. Like I'm comfortable with what I'm comfortable with. You're comfortable with what you're comfortable. With, so I'm going to try to accommodate you. Yeah. So I think this, this would have to go back to the first question is what's your personal family policy about posting pictures of your kids online. And once you're really clear about that, then the way other people do it is going to either like be okay or not be okay yeah. with you accordingly. And since you and I are both relatively relaxed about posting our own pictures, it would follow that it's not going to bother us hugely. I will say I really like being asked for permission. There's something that just feels really, and that has happened to me, especially if it's like, it's not like I, I don't care about a classroom party where my kid is like one of 30 heads. Like that right. doesn't, yeah, I wouldn't yeah, yeah. even give that a second thought, but, um, a picture like of just my kid and a friend, if it's a new friend and like a new relationship. And this has happened to me where I've been asked like, Hey, I don't know how you are online. Are you okay if I tag you in this? Or if you're okay, mm -hmm. if I post it at all. And that I just feels really good. So I guess if you're a newer mom starting out and you haven't thought about this yet, just, just as a reminder, it can't hurt to ask permission, especially if it's like something up close and personal. And again, I think it's a little different if it's like a birthday party with 25 right. kids that feels like you're not going to send out a release or something, but, um, it just felt like, like a very conscious, conscientious thing to do. And I, I have liked being asked and I have asked other people as well, or I have not posted photos if I'm not sure what those, like what those parents are like online. I also get sort of irritated. Well, okay. I have, there's two things that irritate me. One is the grandparent generation posting a ton of pictures of their grandkids that aren't the, okay. How am I going to say this? That weren't part of a family gathering where the parents and everybody else was there. Does that make okay. sense? Like almost like, like if if I shared a photo and I'm not saying this has happened, I don't think it has, but if, if I shared a photo internally to a family group, like on text, oh, and, and then one of the grandparents it it. wanted yep. to share it as their own, Got um, it. it hasn't been a huge problem in my family, but I have seen grandparent generations do photo sharing as if like, as if their friends are watching these kids grow up like they're their kids. And that has always just made me feel a little bit weird, especially when I think the parent generation is starting to be more locked down and it's the grandparents who yeah. are sharing. Um, I've also had a grandparent make my kids their profile photo. Like that's their oh, profile interesting. photo. Okay. And that I let, I let it go. Um, but it, like those types of things can, can bother me a little bit. It feels like it's like, it's not that I don't want a picture of my kid out there. It's just, that feels like almost like an ownership thing. Like who it's owns It's like they're hijacking photo? your family yes. life yes. or something. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. To them, it's like a, like a photo frame Yes. Yeah. on their, you know, on their piano, but it's actually public. It's like actually out there. So it is, it's what I feel like it is. It's a generational thing with each generation feeling differently about what the technology is for. Yeah. And yes. I don't think that generation thinks of it as something where it's content to be owned or created or have a name associated with. It's just like, here's my life. Yeah. You know, yeah. here are the people that are important to me. And then we're like, well, wait a second. You didn't take that photo. And it's a little weird that it's your profile picture. Yeah. Cause that's my kid. And like, it's just a very, and who knows what the next generation will be like, maybe it'll just be, go back to like, no one cares anymore. I right. don't know. It's hard to well, say. And I think like, and we've talked before about like grandparent generations and in-law issues and stuff, but I don't think that that's, I think if you need to stick up for your family values and tell people that's not okay, I fully empower you to do that. I haven't had to do that, but I would. Um, yeah. 
So I think that's one thing. Another thing I don't love in terms of other people sharing pictures, I don't love when people tag me in photos of my kids. And it's like a weird, it's almost like a weird, like I'm not in that picture. It isn't me. It's one thing if you share, if you tag me because I was in the picture, but if you share a picture of my kid and tag me in it, it feels weird. And I have untagged myself from Facebook in particular because that's not me in the picture and I'm not my kid. So if like we're talking about, I don't know. That one has just been like, it's not really a big issue anymore, but. I do that all the time. I tag parents all the time. The reason I do it is so that they know that I posted the picture. I don't do it because I'm like identifying them. And I often won't tag the actual kid, but I'll like tag someplace in the photo and put their name on it so that they know that it's there and they can easily find it. Okay, that makes sense. But I don't post that many pictures of other people's kids. So it's not like that big of a deal, I guess. I think when it came up was like when Facebook allowed tagging and you'd hover the little square over the face and click Mm -hmm. the face and then type in who that was. It just felt weird to me. It would be like Sarah Powers was tagged in three photos and I'd be like, but that's not me, (laughs) you know? So anyway, it's, it's, it's already changed. So that might just be an old hang up. Well, I didn't know you had so many hangups. It must be the Enneagram one. (laughs) I mean, there's a right way to do things, people. (laughs) Okay, we got another question. This comes from Lindsay. um, And she asks, and we kind of answered this a bit, but like, I think that there's, there's still more to be said. So she says, I wonder what my daughter will think of me sharing photos as she gets older. Will she tell me not to post things or will it be no big deal because it's been this way her whole life? What I think is really interesting is it's the second half of that question Mm -hmm. because For some of my kids, it hasn't been this way their whole lives. And for others, it has been this way their whole lives. And I do definitely think there's just a more there's more of a casualness about the kids that are truly have grown up in this sharing generation, like when they've been shared. It's Mm -hmm. like such a known quantity for them. Like you were saying about Violet, just since she was four years old, having opinions and asking. It's just they're just used to it. It's just for them. It is a fact of life. So they're figuring out ways to make it work. So it's hard to say, Lindsay, what your daughter will think, because she'll be even a little further down the line. Mm-hmm. And like, definitely her personality might play into that. Um, and I think, n- yeah, yeah, I think it goes back to what we were saying earlier, which is you'll have opportunities when she's like, you know, six, seven, eight, nine to like educate her about what gets posted, what doesn't, what, what, um, what you use to decide what's appropriate to share and whatnot. And she may be more opinion, like, like you, we've said, some of our kids are more opinionated than others, but she won't be unaware. She will understand that this is happening and she'll have some kind of an opinion. I think it's just hard to know what it is. What that opinion will be because all kids are so different. And yeah, I would say on the the fun side, my kids sometimes have fun, creative ideas. Be like, you should do an Instagram story about this. And like, sometimes I'm like, oh, that sounds like work, but they, my kids tell me a lot about what I should do with my Instagram account. Yes. (laughs) So that's kind of fun. I mean, I handed, I never do this, but I handed Allegra my phone in Instagram stories at the park the other day. And I just told her not to post them, but she wanted to play with like the filters and the funny, like the boomerangs and the, the, gifs you can add and like all of that and um I just handed it to her for like 15 minutes and you know she made some cute ones and she didn't post them but actually if she had posted them they would have been fine it was like me pushing the kids on the swings and so they will express interest in being a part of the process one way or the other and and I don't think we know whether it's going to be like don't post anything about me right in which case I think we have to honor that but they may not they may actually like it and be something you can kind of figure out together and, you know, there will come a point in your life where your kids will be posting pictures of you on their social yes. media accounts. And yes. I've had 
um, William in particular posted a picture of me once and I was like, that picture's terrible. What are you thinking? <laughs> but like, he doesn't use his Instagram to take good photos. His are all trolls. They're all just funny. Yes. And I kind of just had to swallow it because I'm sure I've posted stuff on yeah. mine that he didn't love well, as let's, well. Let's talk about that then because you do have, you know, teenagers and young adults yeah. and, and this has changed, but like, let's take like a, like an Owen and Clara, like, you know, kind of at the beginning of this, like, how do you teach them what's okay and what's not okay to post. Do you have family rules? Do you, do you just wait till they mess up and then I wait till they mess up okay. for the most part. Yeah. There's been an, an Owens is so Owens is so benign. Like he's not really one to push the envelope um, in that way. Like he rarely takes pictures. And when he does, they're kind of funny. William is, is funny. Like he's, he likes to push the envelope. He really likes to post things that are a little bit edgy and sometimes they're very dry and funny but it's when he and his friends start posting things for each other mm. that that's when I, he's pushed it before. And I've been like, like the picture is public, but it's really meant as an inside joke. Yeah. And I can tell there's something a little not okay about it. I don't yeah. always know what it is. Like, sometimes I feel like, like I'm playing detective. I'm going like, I don't know what's wrong here, yeah. but there's something wrong. Something isn't adding up. There's something fishy about this. I don't understand. Like, the reference necessarily. I don't get how this relates to the person you're tagging, but something feels mean or like potentially not okay to post or whatever. And I'll just like pull it down. And, and he's gotten better. Like there were times when he first got Instagram that we were telling him like every few days, like, (laughs) Nope, take it down. Nope. Take it down. And I think he with, you know, he's had Instagram now for probably a year and a half. Um, maybe two years, actually. I think he got it when he was 13. So he's really like figured out where that line is. Yeah. Both, both in Insta and in real life. Like he's mm-hmm. learning, like all kids are learning as they go, especially funny kids. They yeah. have to learn where the line yeah. is. And sometimes it takes a while. So I'm kind of glad he's working it out now. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. And it's, he and his buddies, like they have, they, they change their names all the time. They give each other funny nicknames and they post band photos and stuff. And like, there's never been anything that was so shocking that I was like, that's it. Right. You're off social media, right. but there's definitely been times where I was like, okay, well, like, yeah. you know, better. And he, you know, he yeah. pulls it back and tries again. And yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's evolving, right? Yeah. Like it's just, it's never, there's no perfect way to do it. There's no perfect age at which if you wait till then, that's when your kids are going to have it all figured out yeah. and everything's going to be great. No matter what you're going to do the work. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. No, I think that's helpful. We're just at the very beginning of that. I think what my kid, no, nobody has Instagram, but what they, what they know about Instagram is what they've scrolled through for fun. And so I actually kind of like introducing them to funny or interesting Instagram accounts. Violet loves one with cats and, Mm -hmm. um, Allegra and I were looking up room decor. Like I, I want them to see like, this is a space you curate. Not that they're going to, I mean, I know that dumb teenagers are going to be dumb teenagers, but that it's not so much about like, we got to protect this and, and, you know, control this and lock that down. And this is inappropriate and this is hurtful, but also like, what actually do you want to be putting out there? It's like how you decorate your bedroom or how you decorate your locker. If people still do do that anymore, like it's sort of like an extension of you and there's really cool things you can do with it. I think photography is artistic. And so like, I'm hoping to kind of bring the positive examples in as well as setting the boundaries for me right now, the boundaries just still look like you're not old enough to handle that. So therefore, (laughs) but I know that Allegra has friends with phones with Instagram on them. I don't know if they have their own accounts or if they're just 
I don't know, but um, it's, yeah. it's sooner I, than I, you, you think. Can, like, I've let Clara look like just browse, like scroll through Instagram on. Well, she plays on my phone. That's mm-hmm. how you've known when she goes yeah. through and <laughs> yeah, Clara, likes all of your photos. That was like three years ago. She was little. She'd be like six yes. or seven. And I'd wake up in the morning and I'd be like, you have like 917 likes. And it was all <laughs> she'd go unlike stuff so she could relike it sometimes. <laughs> so like if I had already liked one of your photos, she would unlike it. Cause she wanted to be the one to like it. She doesn't do that so much anymore, but she will like, go on a browser and open up an Instagram account. Cause you can do that without being logged in, I right. think. And like, you could just like flip through yeah. and she'll just look, I mean, I, I think she's very interested in having Instagram. She really wants one. I think that she would take it very seriously. Mm-hmm. Like I think she would like William and Owen are just goofballs on it. And Jake and Isaac never liked it. They didn't ever use social media weirdly enough. Like mm. they just didn't get into it. Um, and Owen and Will are very sporadic and goofy. They're, to them, it's more truly social, like yeah. between them and their buds and yes. really not about the outside world. I think Clara would want to craft a public persona. Right. And so part of me is like, that's really cool. And part of me is like, I'm just not ready for the angst. It's yeah. not that I think she's going to do anything wrong or bad or get herself in trouble. It's more like, I think she'll stress about it. Yeah. And like, she just doesn't need that yeah. at 10 years old on yeah. her plate right now. Like yeah. she doesn't need to have an online you know, she doesn't need to be a personality. Yeah. Yeah. And yet maybe down the road. Yeah. No. Yeah. I think we forget sometimes there's such a, there's a huge developmental difference from 11 to 13 to 15. Like it's not all the same. So maybe it's not incremental month after month. It's like bursts. Yeah. 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 Oh, well, did we solve it? I don't know. We tried. We did our best. Um, We would love to hear from you guys. Love to hear what you're thinking about, concerned about, um, and what works like for your you. approach. I'm, I'm just curious what people's approaches are now and if they're really as different, um, across the board as they seem to be. Yeah. You know? And I think I'm, I'm sure we have a lot of you listening because you're not a public persona. You have everything locked down and you probably only share with the grandparents. Um, right. and that was something that came up a lot in our Facebook group as well. Um, and so, yeah, then the concerns are different. The concerns are more about like making sure that other random videos of your kid aren't out there floating around somewhere if you don't want that. And so there's so much, so much to it. So much. Yep. All right, everybody. Well, we will be back with you soon. And this was great. Everything we talked about is always at themomhour.com. I have a couple articles I'll link up there too that we didn't even get to, but good stuff. All right, Megan. Yeah. Talk soon. Talk to you soon. Guess what, Megan? Over 10,000 teens are already using our sponsor, Erica, to help them unplug. That is amazing. Erica, that's Erica with a K, is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug whenever they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. It's so cool how this works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Yeah, you know, teens really get that social media comes with risks, including addiction. And Erica helps them build healthy habits and self-regulation that will benefit them their whole lives. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. The Mom Hour is brought to you by partners like Chatbooks. Chatbooks makes it beyond easy to create beautiful photo books by importing your digital photos from anywhere, Instagram, Facebook, Google Photos, or directly from your phone. The books come in a variety of sizes with beautiful cover options and binding styles to choose from, and they start at just $15. Plus, we have a great deal just for our listeners. Use code THEMOMHOUR20 to save 20% off your purchase. 
Just download the Chatbooks app and use code THEMOMHOUR20 to save 20%.